Hey everybody, what's going on? This is your boy Christian Israel and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. This is the place where we discuss what happens in the world today, the general market, the stock market, and yes, digital assets, guys. Where we go one, we go all. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation, guys. Happy Wednesday. It is hump day. Hump day. It is June 3rd. We are now the third day into June moving forward, and today's story is going to be thick, for the lack of a better word. We are going to talk about connecting digital economies using cross-border payments, an insight report that just came out from the World Economic Forum today, uh, well, yesterday for June 2020. So it is thick today. We are moving forward today. So if you are interested in some real research, this is the one for you. I'll also go over short stories about the bailout, also the clarification for the definition of digital assets, and the fact that Federal Reserve is kicking ISO 2022 down the road. In the meantime, I think this video is very relevant for what we're going to talk today. Thank you, Joe Winters. Let's jump into this video. Thank you, Joey Winters, for that video. And you know how we do it, guys. You got to hold strong. We got to hold strong. Let's jump into today's video, guys. All right, all right, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into the day's stories because it is going to be thick, like I said. This just popped up one hour ago. Federal Reserve kicks Fed wires ISO 2022 can down the road, basically saying they don't want to do this. And we know XRP is on this bag. SWIFT is trying to be replaced. And the Federal Reserve, that's SWIFT's baby. And so they say they do not confirm they have any other messaging formats change. Sorry, it confirms that it does not have any other message format changes planned through 2021. They don't want to make a change. They want to leave it alone. 
So we will see how this plays out. The Federal Reserve is not going to give up their scam. The Federal Reserve is not going to give up their cartel. They are making money from nothing and they will not give it up easily, guys. So I think that's important to see they're right off the bat. Which brings me to my next story of actual clarification here. Now this is going to be quick and far. I just want to show you this is from March 2020 by the Financial Markets Law Committee, a tax animal uh, approach to crypto assets. And they just put some clarity in here. And I thought it was important to show here that the definition, the, consulta the consultation states, differentiates crypto assets from other digital assets, which could cover the digital rep representation of real world assets such as scriptural money. Another question on which there is no consensus at the EU level is clarification of crypto assets. So they're trying to define digital assets versus crypto assets. So just want to point that out. People are trying to do some work. And speaking of worldly things, this is from last week uh, on bnncrypto.com. And it states the number of countries seeking uh, IMF bailout nears 100. So 100 out of the 189 countries are seeking a bailout. Again, the Federal Reserve is going to fight this to the bitter end because they do not want to give up their power. But other countries are falling, quote unquote, in line with the elite's plan. So that is this biggest since the 1920s. And we are moving forward there. So the debts will be paid, repaid, but the IMF is asserting control. SDRs are on the way, guys. Just be patient. And speaking of being patient, let's jump into the thick story of the day. I am moving forward because I'm going to go through this report. I read through it for you so you guys don't have to read through it for yourselves. So I hope you enjoy it. We're going to dive into this story. Let me zoom in just a little bit. This is from... Uh, the World Economic Policy, uh, econo di Digital e Economies. Oh man, I can't, bleh, let me speak this morning. This is from the World Economic Forum on Connecting Digital Economies, Policy Recommendations for Cross-Border Payments. Now, when I see cross-border payments, I automatically think uh, XRP, uh, XLM, and Hedera Hashgraph. So that's Ripple, that is uh, Stellar Lumen, and uh, HDAR, Hedera Hashgraph, HBAR, right? So... I dove into this for you today, and we're going to see what this is about. So uh, dive into this story. By the way, if you're already not uh, a subscriber, please subscribe to the channel. Please comment. Please like uh, below. My goal is 50 likes for this video. Um, so if you would like it, just help me with the algorithm. Also, make sure you click on the uh, Telegram group. Even as you read this, click on Become a New Creation Crony. Type out. Tell us what you think. Contact us. That group is growing quickly. Also, welcome for those who are listening on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the Anchor platform. Let's dive on in. So we have Demetrius Martinez, Senior Vice President, Global Government Engagement. Okay. And then we have Richard Sams, who uh, the Managing Director of the uh, Economic Forum. And so I've gone through and highlighted. So let's just talk about this. Okay. So here in the intro, they say digital payments are the center of this transformation, connecting merchants and consumers around the world, enabling new avenues for global commerce. Given this unprecedented level of interconnectedness, it is no wonder cross-border e-commerce now accounts for the fastest growing segment in cross-border payments. This report examines these issues and provides policymakers with concrete solutions to streamline cross-border payments and to promote digital trade and further and furtherance of their efforts to foster inclusive economic growth. This report is a part of the WEF border broader work on digital payments. 
Through this effort, the forum recognizes the importance of bringing the public and providing sect and private sectors together to accelerate the benefits of the digital economy. So let's dive on in here. So there, the first part here is talking about rapid expansion for digital assets and trying to make it convenient. However, it says significant challenges for digital trade and cross-border payments persist, as we see right there with the Federal Reserve in the opening story about kicking the ISO 2022, 2022 can down the road, which this article, what this research talks about, okay? So this is about trying to provide opportunity for policymakers and regulators worldwide to try to stop the friction because the current COVID-19 public health crisis is accelerating this option and they're trying to figure out because there are barriers to supplying payment services. They're also working on standards and interoperability, also trying to adopt international standards for public infrastructure, infrastructure, working on security and trust, enabling oversight to explore bilateral, regional, and multilateral oversight coordination. Okay, let's continue to dive into. So the point of this first part is the introduction, which is digital payments are at the center of trade, which is big, right? We know that digital payments are at the center of digital trade growth and serve as uh, the key to enabling factor digital commerce, right? So uh, we also know that they're working on uh, uh, identity verification, uh, consumers and merchants can set up accounts to receive money worldwide. So it's about trying to get cross-border payments here. And this is from the United Nations Conference just doing uh, just doing about what global online shoppers are doing, what is going on digitally, and how it's growing. Again, by the way, I know I say this all the time, but this will be a link to this specific article in the description. Um, and you can let me know what you think. Okay, so let's continue here. So, in, in working with this community of experts, this report finds that it is efficiently that that to efficiently facilitate cross-border retail payments between businesses and consumers around the world, policymakers need to address four key areas: market barriers, interoperability, security, and oversight. So, this is what they need to address in order to move forward. Okay. So, first is course barriers to supply payment services, and basically the gist of it is that market barriers have a significant impact on firms and their ability to provide cross-border payment services because they prevent econ economies of scale. Why am I not? I'm having a hard issue reading this morning, guys. I hope you're doing okay, man. Uh, my uh, Side note, my air conditioner went out. My motor in my air conditioner went out last night, and it's a little warm. I think that's why I'm struggling this morning. So hopefully, and I can't put the fans on because I realize the fans blow out my microphone. So called the uh, landlord this morning. Uh, I'm going to call him again until he fixes this air conditioning because it's early in the morning right now and it's already warm. Of course, the air conditioning does not go out until it hits 95 degrees. Anyway, so it says here, firms reaching scale can maximize their initial investments and reduce transitional costs. That is the goal. However, given these barriers, existing trade commitments and cooperative frameworks governing payment services are insufficient to support modern trade needs. To meet these needs, modern trade commitments on digital payments are necessary, right? So some countries, as far as the infrastructure is concerned, are enacting laws that require all domestic transactions to be processed by a local switch, which is a processor that facilitates communication between various providers involved in processing a transaction. So you got some countries. However, other countries require that all domestic transactions be processed onshore. 
It is another way to create an unlevel playing field. We hear Donald Trump talk about a level playing field consistently. This basically simply excludes them from processing domestic transactions, okay? So there's some barriers as far as infrastructure in place, and this is an issue because it also forces data localization, which means requirements know it's basically a barrier to the market entry and operations for payment service providers. These requirements hinder cross-border payment service because data is essential in every step of transaction process, okay? So you have countries are doing uh, technology uh, or trying to do payments all localized. Instead, it's causing issues because a growing body of research suggests that data localization fails to achieve many of these goals that they're pushing for and adds more cost to the economy, reduces data security, and does not actually improve privacy for the consumer. We also see that it has negative effects both on foreign and domestic policies. Okay. Now, the next step is licensing uh, equity requirements for foreign firms. So countries are also restricting licensing and, uh, and equity requirements to limit cross-border supply of payments in their market. These have unintended consequences that are like equity regulations, schematic rules, uh, things that just are not good, and they go in to talk about uh, examples like Ghana. Now, current market barriers need to be reduced to improve cross-border payment efficiency and decrease costs and access constraints for local markets. So what this means is that they need to provide, reinforce, or extend national treatment for digital payment service providers. In other words, they got to get off their butt and make things happen. Okay, this is what they recommend. Obviously, these are things we know, but until you see the World Economic Forum say, hey, this is our research, this is what we see, banks are not going to listen because, again, we see this scheme right here that they're going to keep fighting it. Okay, now... More countries make these commitments, it will be difficult for local markets to establish uh, discriminatory measures that undermine the competitiveness of the payment sector. Now, here you see me highlighting the World Trade Organization consistently. They are part of the UN. They are part of the IMF. They are part of the World Bank. They are connected to all these things, and these guys are causing the issues right here. But they are also trying to say that they need to treat domestic and foreign payment services the same. So they're trying to move forward, even though they are the root cause of the problem but they point something out here is that the u.s uh united states mexico canada agreement the usmca trade agreement which was put in by president trump last year is a good example for clear framework to allow free trade and flow of data so people complain about the usmca it's the bankers complaining about it it's the people making money off bad trade uneven trade so they're pushing for free and regulatory trade across the board and the united states mexico canada agreement which trump put in and signed last year fits perfectly into this plan so maybe you need to stop listening to cnn because to make things even playing field for not only cheaper for us and our money trump is moving forward with that by supporting free flow regulation okay so to address some of these barriers initial policy goals such as ensuring local economy developed and data security and security some other countries and regions are establishing payment councils to create a public-private dialogue on payment policy. Okay, this thing is called ASHAN, all right? So they're trying to do some kind of local um, 
policymaker to move forward and get these things in line. So why am I reading all this to you? To let you know research is being done. And yes, sometimes I do deep dives into things like this so you can see this because outside of the fluff, I don't know how many articles you're actually going to see on this research paper. Sometimes we need to see what they're actually saying, not what the articles are twisting. Okay, so if you like what you're hearing so far, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment below. Let me know what you think about this. Now, this is big because we're talking standards and interoperability, right? We hear interoperability. XRP Ripple states that. So, however, they try to say that there's increasingly complex setup systems um, that that hinder this, okay? And that that interoperability challenges and increased difficulty in making and receiving cross-border payments. In other words, a SWIFT thing right now. They're talking about SWIFT being horrible, but they're not going to say SWIFT. But that's what is in place right now is SWIFT. And it's complex and it's difficult to actually make cross-border payments happen. Now, here's where we dive in a little bit. Cross-border payments sent between banking customers are also inter also use international standards and standard messages between banks with instructions for payment transfers using a standard such as ISO 20022. Again, we just talked about that. The standard right now is what the Federal Reserve has put into place, and it is crap, to be honest with you. It is slow, it is crap, it is expensive, and it is basically cheating everybody. But that's the standard right now. And many financial institutions are still operating on older messaging systems that do not easily connect to newer messaging systems to facilitate this cross-border payments, okay? So in others, for this to kick in, there has to be a flip of the switch. It cannot be overnight. I mean, it cannot take its time. Federal Reserve wants to take its time. They do not plan to change anything. So they like it because they can charge a buttload of money on something they don't even need, right? It's not that they don't need it. It's the fact that they get a lot of money for using it, right? So instead of having open banking, which is what XRP is moving for to have the open banking distributed ledger platform, SWIFT wants to shut it down so you don't know what's going on with your money and charge you a boatload of money to hold your money. Because now having KYC, right, combating finance terrorism, as well as FAFTA or FATFA, Financial Act Action Task Force, right? These are things that... Uh, digital cross-border payment, open sources, nodes, XRP, Ripple, uh, distributed ledger technology, handle these things. You can't stop this with the current system. You really cannot. Um, interoperability is so important to the speed of things. By the time SWIFT catches up, the money's already moved and there's no stopping it or tracking it. So the current practice in most countries of requiring in-person identification based on multiple paper documents by financial service provider and repeating the process each time the customer opens account can impose significant cost to both the service provider and the customer. It's basically very expensive right now for not just the banks, but for us. But then the big banks that oversee everything are the ones making all the money. So what do we need to do? We need to explore digital trade agreements to promote greater interoperability, which we are seeing. We also need to establish open banking guidelines to spur competition and innovation. That is important. And it talks about Singapore's thing, which we saw Christine Lagarde speak at Singapore's fintech thing back in 2008 regarding cryptocurrency specifically. So I thought that was interesting there. All right. They also need to adopt international standards for public infrastructure. Here's the thing. Sounds familiar. Real-time payment systems, also known as instant or faster payment systems, refer to interbank payment systems that enable near real-time clearing and availability of funds, as well as continuous service ability. This is big. At least 54 countries now have real-time payment platforms 
and more are planned. We're referring to right there, bin, bank, boom. That is XRP and Ripple. Now here, specifically, central banks are adopting ISO 2022 as the messaging standard for new systems. Why is this important? Because the adoption of ISO 2022 could reduce cross-border payments. All right, so we know right here, they kick it down because SWIFT is in charge right now, but they are uh, the European Central Bank is moving away from this and using ISO 2020 and bringing Ripple's technology. Ripple just signed on to this. And so Ripple signed on. The Federal Reserve does not want to do that because it is the flip of the banking system. However, we see here that this is important to adopt the standard of other payments and using an open source, using ISO 20022 ran by XRP Ripple now, which creates a real-time payment system. So the economic for, uh, economic a World Economic Forum sees this in their research and they're trying to let people know. Even the FATF guidance on digital ID offers a risk-based approach. So they're saying, well, things can happen here a little guiding. The best way is to do the open source real-time payments, immediate payments to make it move forth. And then it goes into security and trust, which is basically talking about uh, rising fraud and cyber risk, which you know we know that. Clarity, uh, talking about terrorism, not too much that I really want to go about with you. And then we're going to go here towards the end that says policymakers should work with the private sector to provide safe harbor privacy principles with regard to consumer protection regulation for data that is shared in good faith to reduce cyber risk. So in other words, inviting the private sector to work inside of the public sector, well, what is called the public sector of the central banks. So policymakers, the government should work with private sectors, uh, a la your, your Stellar Lumen, your uh, Ripple, your Hedera Hashgraph, these distributed ledger technology people to talk about moving forward in the fintech and regular tech uh, areas, okay? So now uh, we have, of course, the innovation of the oversight, which this is what they talk about. There's a lack of international coordination on retail payment supervision. And it says, despite, right, despite this, um, the approaches for many countries take to payment system oversight are similar. So they're trying to get these things to try to get new jurisdiction, to try to get everything similar across the world, an open border cross payment system. Okay. So, so we see here the global financial innovation network, GFIN, right? Which is important because GFIN is spoken about a lot. Now they're moving forward to do cross border payment services and try to get everyone involved. And so far, this is everybody that is on GFIN as of 2018, but it's not quite global yet. But you got America playing, you got South America in this, Australia, a little bit of South Africa, and yes, some of Europe as well, and China, right? So we are moving forward with that. Now, additionally, GenFin is currently developing a common application across jurisdictions to streamline cross-border services, pilots for fintechs. And now I can't tell you that that's Ripple, but from my research that it is. And here's the conclusion about um, addressing cross-border payments which requires a holistic approach. And that is the gist of what they're talking about. Everyone needs to jump on the same page in order to get this done. So in order for us to get this aspect done, we need to be on the same page for cross-border payments, for Ripple, for Hedera Hashgraph, for Stellalumen, for the IMF, for SDRs to all get on the same page. How are we gonna get on the same page? All this connects. 100 countries being bailed out by the IMF connects everybody. 
it connects everybody because now they're all going to be using this the special drawing rights that are ran. So when you see something like this, the definition of a cryptocurrency being called a digital asset instead, that's important. I'm not going over what a supracurrency is, right? That is also important. Not cryptocurrency, digital assets, or supercurrency like XRP. But when you have someone like the Federal Reserve kicking ISO 2022 down the road, we have issues here. And this is stopping. So our own federal corrupt reserve which is just printing money out of thin air and does not care to change it because they are making money so why would you stop your own money making process they don't care about people they care about their bottom line and that's what it is right there so when you see regulators like we saw here with uh this video by joey winters xrp will eventually make it and it will take some time but i'm still holding on because we know 2020 is the year of the digital asset and that is what is going on so let me know what you think if you like what you hear what do you think about this do you think we're going to get cross-border payments by the end of next year do you think it's going i mean yesterday i talked about western union trying to buy money graham doing it all we know ripple is involved in both of those we know v chain is moving cardano for digital uh digital payments without the internet these things are moving forward we see it going. So what do you think, guys? Let me know in the comment section. Please like if you like what you see. Again, my goal is 50 likes. Let's see what is going on right now. I'm going to hit the reload button to see what is going on in our crypto space before I sign out of here. I'm trying to keep this under 30 minutes. So right now, we are down 5% overall. But Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, pretty much everything is down 5 to 7% right now. But not doing too bad because Ethereum is still at 239 after a rejection for 246. XRP got rejected at 21 cents and at 23. Bitcoin got rejected at 10,400 and is down to 96. That's a big drop money wise. And you can see how Bitcoin actually took the biggest hit and flatlined. We have a couple other things that bounced back just a little bit. And Bitcoin is sitting at 60.9608 uh, right now with a big. Uh, it broke out of this little bull uh, bear flag here, but we will see. This is a short that played out from 10 to 16. I did not take it. I just wanted to see. This wick actually kept me out of it because that actually would have stomped me out. And based on the pump action, I did not get into that short because that was, for me, too much liquidation hunting by the exchanges. Again, you are trading against the exchanges. You are not trading against people. Do your homework, people. So before I go, let's check and see what kind of notifications we have here. Let's see, Stephanie commented and watching this late, but 17 equals Q. We are seeing a lot of 17 in the news. Wow, thank you, Stephanie. This is one of my very first, this is one of my very first videos. Whoa, thank you, Stephanie. Nadel DeSanti commented, happy for you. Greetings from Spain. What's up, Nadine? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think I'm all of a sudden crazy. Yesterday, two days ago, I said we have no female subscribers. Three days ago, now I'm seeing them coming in. Shout out to the females for jumping on board. I appreciate your help. We cannot do this without you. You are a beautiful gift from God. Also, thank you, Peter Kruger, for subscribing. And then Baba Garnoush. Oh, Baba Garnoush. <laughs> That's uh, from a Ben Stiller movie. Uh, I forget the name. Dodgeball. Anyway, he says, I think the future will definitely be crypto, different types of crypto platforms for different services. XRP, Stellar, and VeChain, all cheap at the moment. Once XRP is putting in for banking, these others, I assume, will say moon. Again, thank you guys so much. You can find me on the publishox.com website. 
uh, where you can find all my audio and video. This is the end of episode chapter episode 66. And of course, before I go, I'm going to read your daily scripture before I sign off. And it is going to come from Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, and it goes like this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for what for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seizing with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That is so important for me and what I learned as a believer that I need to understand what I am saying and believing and being respectful to those who don't believe what I believe, but with an open ear that I'm able to give you the message of grace and love and the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is the end of episode 66. I look forward to speaking with you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I have a live stream, part two of Christ and Crypto, part 3B, technically. It's part 3B, the second part of Monday's stream, where we're diving into Stellar Lumen, XLM, and the connections to a world reserve currency. Tomorrow, I have a huge interview coming up with someone who's connected with IM, the IMF, R3, and the Cyprus uh delegation of some of the papers that I have read, read to you here. You don't want to miss that interview tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. Until then, guys, please like and subscribe. Thank you all for tuning in, and I appreciate you. This is your boy, Christian Israel, and you are tuning into New Creation Capital Podcast. This is the place where we discuss what happens in the world today, the stories on current events, the stock market, and yes, digital assets. Where we go one, we go all. This is not financial advice, but I love to tell you guys, make sure you buy low and sell high. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation, guys. Until next time, guys, God bless, peace, and love. Later, everybody.